Okay, so we continue. Article 3, Section 18, no person shall be detained solely by reason of his political beliefs and aspirations. No involuntary servitude in any form shall exist except as a punishment for a crime or of the party shall have been duly convicted. Why? Article 18 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights guarantees that everyone has the right to freedom of thought, conscience, religion, and the right includes freedom to change his religion and belief. Kaya yung mga tao na nagagalit pag nagpalit ka ng relihiyon, they're violating Article 18 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Ilan lang naman yung mga relihiyon na alam ko na nagagalit pagka nagbaho ka ng religion. But they should know that they're violating the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Okay? Now, as I said earlier, the anti-subversion law has been repealed because that is contradictory to that mandate of Article 3, Section 18, Paragraph 1. Diba? June 20, 1957, a law was passed declaring Communist Party of the Philippines as a subversive group. So any person who, who, who joins the Communist Party is charged with subversion and may be penalized with imprisonment. Okay? But it was already repealed by Republic Act 7636 as in the case of People versus Pimentel, the repeal is retroactive. With the enactment of 7636, the charge of subversion against the accused private respondent has no more legal basis and therefore he should be dismissed. <laughs> Di ba? Oh, wala na yan. Pinagbabawal din po ang involuntary servitude. What do we mean by involuntary servitude? It denotes a condition of enforced compulsory service of one to another or the condition of one who is compelled by force, coercion, or imprisonment and against his will to labor for another, whether he is paid or not. That's why, if you want to resign from your work, you just comply with the requirements of the Labor Code. Article 300, give your employer a written notice 30 days in advance. Pag binigay mo na yan at natapos na yung one month mo, nagre-render ng one month service, sabi nila, eh, ayaw ka pa rin payagan. Ay, umalis ka na. Kasi eh, you are being compelled now. So that is involuntary servitude. The right against involuntary servitude, however, has certain exceptions. Number one, eto, no? Hindi pala number one. One, two, six yan. Iisa-isahin natin. As a punishment for a crime, or of the party shall have been duly convicted, of course, that's a constitutional provision. After conviction, you may be required uh, that the accused may be required. Hindi na siya accused, convicted na eh. Okay? To do something even against their will. Yan, pinaguhukay. <laughs> Ibang usapan niya tayo, pinaguhukay sa muntinlupa. Anyway, what about service in the defense of the state? The prime duty of the government is to serve and protect the people, but the government may call upon the people uh, to render personal, military, or civil service. That is Section 4 of Article 2 of the Constitution. In an old case of People versus Lagman, 
affirming the constitutionality of the national defense law insofar establishes compulsory military service, it does not go against the constitutional provision, but on the contrary, in faithful compliance therewith. So, kaya yung mga ayaw mag-serve sa military at that time, kasi meron tayong Commonwealth Act number 1 yan, eh? 1936. Ano yung Commonwealth Act number 1? Yung compulsory military training. But right now, we do not have compulsory military, military training although there is that penchant, eh? the propensity of our leaders today na i-require na naman ang mandatory military training. But still, bill pa lang yan. What we have today is optional military training under the National Service Training Program. Okay? Pero kung ibabalik nila yung mandatory military training at magiging batas, eh wala tayong magagawa kasi batas lang naman itong NSTP. So, pwedeng baguhin yan. Pursuant to that constitutional mandate under Article 2, Section 4. Ano yung posay komitatos? In British and American law, a posay komitatos is a group of people who are mobilized by the sheriff to suppress lawlessness in the country. Diba? So, kasi yung sheriff, ilan lang ang tauhan yan eh. So, imomobilize nila yung able-bodied men para tulungan silang arrestuhin yung isang akusado. Well, sa atin parang may ganyan. Yung CAPGO, naalala nyo ba yung Citizens Armed Forces Geographic Unit? Ano tawag nila? Force Multiplier. Kasi dumadami yung pwersa ng military. So, tinitrain din yan. Okay? So, hindi naman yan sa pilitan. Another ay yung patria potesta. Sabi ng mga minor de edad, abay gusto ko nang umalis sa kandungan ng aking mga magulang. Eh, teka muna. Under the law, minor ka pa. So, patria potesta, may kapangyarihan sa'yo ang iyong mga magulang. The right of custody accorded to parents springs from the exercise of parental authority. Parental authority or patria potestas in Roman law is the juridical institution whereby parents rightfully assume control and protection of their unemancipated children to the extent required by latter's needs. So sa atin, 18 years old, ano? Yan ang rule ng magulang namin noon. Eh, na pag uh, ayaw mo na sumunod sa amin, umalis ka na sa bahay. <laughs> Mamuhay ka ng iyo. O, yan ang sabi dyan ng Korte Suprema. Why? Ito naman ang sinasabi sa Biblia. Ano? Proverbs 22 verse 6, Train up the child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he shall not depart from it. So, training starts at childhood. Diba? Kaya dapat i-educate. Now, under section 19, ayan, excessive fines shall not be imposed, nor cruel, oh, cruel, <laughs> lumabas ng pagkabisaya, <laughs> wala may ebidensya. Neither shall death penalty be imposed unless for compelling reason involving heinous crimes. Congress thereafter provides for it. Any death penalty already imposed shall be reduced to reclusion perpetua, etc., etc. Now, under the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, so again, ito ay doctrine of incorporation. No, no one shall be subjected to torture, cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment or punishment. However, there is no exact definition for cruel punishment. There's no exact definition. Punishments are cruel when they involve torture or the so-called lingering death. Pinapahirapan o bago patayin. Diba? But the punishment of death is not cruel in itself. 
within the meaning of the word used in the Constitution. It is, or it implies something more inhuman and barbarous. Something more than the mere extinguishment of life. Okay? That's why, even if the Constitution already abolished death penalty, there is a provision there in section 19. Unless for compelling reasons involving heinous crimes, Congress thereafter provides for it. And Republic Act 7659 reimposed death penalty. And the death penalty was carried out under Republic Act 8177 by a lethal injection. And according to the Supreme Court, Perez versus People, that is not a cruel punishment. Now, when multiple punishments are imposed for multiple convictions, Villegas versus People, that is not cruel punishment. Marami siyang conviction, edi maraming penalties, di ba? Ayan. And penal sanctions are the teeth of the law. Kasi kung walang penalty, eh, paano, sino gagalang sa batas? Diba? Therefore, sanctions are the teeth or penal sanctions are the teeth of the law. The penalty of suspension or cancellation of the physician's license is neither cruel, in, inhuman, or degrading. There is no different from the penalty of suspension or disbarment that this court inflicts on lawyers and judges who misbehave or violate the CPR. At tingnan ninyo, no? International lawyer. Gagawa na rila ng kalokohan, hindi pa ginawang pulido ang panluloko. Hindi niya alam kasi na hindi naman lisensyado sa PRC ang mga abogado. <laughs> diba? Halatang pinatungan lang eh. <laughs> now, Republic Act 9346 abolished the death penalty. Okay? Kasi nangyari ito nung time ni Gloria Arroyo, pumunta siya doon kay Pope Benedict XVI, daladala niya ito 9346. Kasi we have to admit that the Catholic Church is against death penalty. Wala sa akin kasi, ako against din ako sa death penalty. Personally, I do not take my word for this. Why? To me, death penalty is not a punishment. It is a quick release. You'll never know kung ano, baka mamaya nasa paraiso pa yan, di ba, pagka namatay. <laughs> so hindi mo siya pinarusahan temporary lang yung agony. Pero kung ikukulong mo yan, ma-realize niya yung kanyang pagkakamali, kaya ang tawag, correctional institution eh. Bureau of Corrections. Eh kaso hindi naman ako correct, eh bakit? Eh mas maganda pa ang kabuhayan yata doon sa loob eh. Oh. Diba? <laughs> Do not take my word for that. I-Google nyo. So 7659, reimpose death penalty upon certain heinous crimes. Republic Act 9346 in 2006 abolished that, repealed the death penalty law, but it did not repeal the definition of heinous crimes. Yung death penalty lang ang repeal. Nandun pa rin yung definition ng heinous crimes. And the repeal is retroactive. Diba? Hindi lamang prospective, but ret of course, it's favorable to the accused. Alam nga namang nirepeal yung death penalty, yung mga nasentensyahan ng death penalty, papatayin pa rin. Hindi pwede yun. Yung magkakaroon sila ng commutation. Automatic. Kasi wala ng death penalty. Alam nyo yan. Okay? So, puntahan natin yung pagkakautang. Ha? Tandaan. Ito lang kong advice sa mga kliyente at mga estudyante ko. Huwag mangutang kung walang pambayad. Eh, bakit ka naman mangungutang kung may pera ka? 
eh nagipit mang utang pero pagka nagkapera na bayaran para pagkatiwalaan di ba hmm. so hindi ka nga makukulong oo alam ko yan debt is a fixed and definite obligation to pay money or other some valuable thing or things either in the present or in the future in a still more general sense that which is due from one person to another whether money goods or services sabi ng black law dictionary di ba now, yung walang pagkakulong dito, yung tinatawag nating mutuom, no? Ordinary loan. Pero kung yung loan mo naman ay meron namang elemento ng deceit or stafa, ay malamang makulong ka rin dyan. Ano? Kaya depende sa circumstance eh. Now, the abolition of imprisonment for debt, kasi dati may ganyan eh, no? Bago pa dumating itong mga Amerikano. Uh, brought about by the force of public opinion, which look with abhorrence on the statutory provision which permitted the cruel imprisonment for debtors. Panahon ng mga Kastila, pag hindi ka nakabayad, eh naman, iba namang sitwasyon yun, di ba? Kasi nung unang panahon, pag hindi ka nakabayad, naalipin ka, kahit ang mga Pilipino may ganyan eh. Kaya may mga aliping na mamahay. Bakit? Eh magsiservisyo ka doon sa pinagkautangan mo eh. Eh ngayon, bawal na sa atin yan, even in batas kasambahay, di ba? Kasi ang tawag dyan ay debt bandage. So bawal yun. Okay? Now, here comes Batas Pambansa bilang 22. Ano ba ito? Yung Bouncing Checks Law. Ito ba ay unconstitutional? What it punishes, in that case of Lozano versus Martinez, what it punishes is the non-payment of the check, not the act of issuing it. Eh? The statute, it is claimed, is nothing more than a veiled device to coerce payment of debt under the threat of penal sanction. But, in Lusano versus Martinez, sabi ng Korte Suprema, we have declared that it is not the non-payment of the obligation which the law punishes. It is the issuance of a check that is not funded. Diba? Hindi mismo yung utang eh. Kundi yung nag-issue ka ng check eh, na hindi binayaran. Hmm. Kaya, I know, you know it, in criminal law, pagka nagkatanggap ka ng bouncing check, eh, pwede ka mag-file ng dalawang kaso. Depende sa mga circumstances. Ano? O kasi, hindi porky bounce check, may stafa na kaagad. If that check that is not funded is the only reason why the merchant has parted away with his goods, then, stafa would lie. Kasi may deceit. Pero kung it is a payment for a pre-existing obligation, ah, wala nang stop pa yun. DP-22 na lang. Okay? What about poll tax? Sabi nila, ito daw yung sedula. Abay, wala nang sedula. Pinunit na yan ni Andres Bonifacio, di ba? At mga katipunero. So, pinalitan, ang tawag ay resident certificate ng panahon ni Marcos, na wala na rin yun. Ngayon, community tax certificate. But take note, under the notarial practice rule of 2004, CTC, is not a valid ID. It is not a competent evidence of one's identity. So, with the IBP ID, wala dun sa listahan eh. Ha? Kaya pagka nag-lecture ako sa MCLE, I would normally tell the lawyers, wala kayo magtampo kung hindi tinatanggap na valid ID yung ating IBP ID. Kasi, basically, wala siya dun sa listahan ng mga government-issued ID under the notarial practice rule. Gumangan versus Eringan, na-firm ng Korte Suprema yan. But CTC, hindi rin tinatanggap yan. Considering the ease of getting it. Kahit saan, pwede ka kumuha yan eh. 
Ano pa ba silbi niyan? O, di na dapat yan pinapabayaran. May bill na ganyan na pinapaabolish na yung CTC na yan. Bakit ba kasi nagsimula yan? Sa mga Kastila noon, pag wala kang sedula, rebelde ka, hindi mo iginagalang ang gobyerno. Kaya pwede kang arestuhin. Eh, wala naman tayong ganyan ngayon. Di ba? Kaya wala na dapat yung mga CTC na yan. Pinagkakitaan ng local government yan. Okay? So, we proceed to section 21. Double jeopardy. Ano ba ang double jeopardy? Jeopardy means danger. So, under the a decision of the court, Melo versus people, double jeopardy means that when a person is charged with an offense and the case is terminated, either by acquittal or conviction, napapagod na yata itong aking laptop, ano? <laughs> or any other manner without the consent of the accused, the latter cannot be again charged with the same identical offense. The principle is founded upon the law of reason, justice, and conscience. Acquitted na siya, or napagsilbihan niya na yung kanyang conviction, ay eh bakit naman siya paparusahan uli? The same offense under the general rule has always been construed to mean not only the second offense, charge is exactly the same as the one alleged in the first information, but also that the two offenses are identical. Okay? Now, after the prosecution has presented its uh, evidence, the prosecution rested its case, the defense believes that the guilt of the accused is not established, the defense may file a demurrer to evidence. When the demurrer to evidence filed is granted, eh, according to the court, you cannot be charged anymore. Because when demurrer to evidence is granted, that's equivalent to acquittal. Okay? Now, what are the protections provided by double jeopardy? Number one, against a second prosecution for the same offense after acquittal or after conviction. And against multiple punishment for the same offense. That's why in the case of Cerezo versus People, the first jeopardy attaches only after a valid indictment. So in other words, na-file yung information before a competent court and the accused has already entered this plea because after arraignment na yan eh. And the plea has been, a valid plea has been entered and the accused has been acquitted or convicted or the case uh, otherwise dismissed without his express consent. Pero kung nag-file ka ng motion to dismiss for whatever reason at na-dismiss, then, double jeopardy will not lie. May pelikulang double jeopardy, no? pero ibang istorya ito, American film ito, panoorin nyo. Kasi, pinagbintangan itong babae na pinatay yung kanyang asawa, where in fact, drama lang pala ito ng lalaki, hindi alam ng babae, buhay pala yung mister niyang pinatay niya para lang makuha yung insurance. Ano? So, pwede niya bang patayin ulit yung mister niya? Yan ang palaging tanong, pagka nagle-lecture ako sa civil service review, ay panoorin nyo yung pelikula. Ayan. So, double jeopardy exists when the following requisites are present. Number one, the first jeopardy attached prior to the second. 
the first jeopardy has been validly terminated. The second jeopardy is for the same offense as in the first. But when you file two informations, that will not immediately amount to double jeopardy. Hmm. Diba? Kasi baka magkaiba naman yung sitwasyon, magkaibang offenses, ay hindi double jeopardy yan. Of course, tapos na tayo dito, no? Hmm. Yan, ng mga requisites. Okay, so people versus Espinosa. Okay? Now, in the case of people versus Delatore, an appeal from the prosecution from a judgment of acquittal. In acquit, ano? For the purpose of increasing the penalty imposed upon the convict would place the accused in double jeopardy. But take note, there are exceptions to double jeopardy. One, when there has been a deprivation of due process. And where there is a finding of mistrial. Bihira naman nangyayari yan, but it can happen. And number two, where there has been a grave abuse of discretion under exceptional circumstances. Okay? Now, in the case of Kodrada versus people, Kodrada, double jeopardy may attach even if the dismissal of the case was with the consent of the accused. Kasi ang sabi natin sa general rule, it was dismissed without the consent of the accused. Kailan ito? When there is sufficient evidence to support the charge against him. Insufficiency of evidence. And second, where there has been unreasonable delay of the proceedings. O na-dismiss. Kasi in-invoke niya yung speedy trial act in-invoke niya speedy disposition of cases, then, dismiss, eh pwede pa, eh, eh, o hindi yan, may, may ano siya, may consent siya dyan, di ba? So, under the general rule, walang double jeopardy, but double jeopardy may lie. Okay? Take note of that case of Kondrada. Now, what do we mean by ex post facto law? From the Latin, uh, Latin word yan, no? Ang ibig sabihin ay after the facts, or after the action. Nalitapos na talaga, kahit yung nasa picture nyo. A law that operates retroactively. A law that increases the penalty after the commission of an offense. Or a law may be given retroactive effect that will not amount to double jeopardy under two circumstances. Number one, it is favorable to the accused. And number two, it is a procedural law. Okay? So what do we mean by ex post facto law? It makes an action done before passing of the law and which it was innocent when done criminally, but now it punishes the action. B. Aggravates a crime. Imposes a greater penalty than when it was committed. And letter C, which, uh, which changes the punishment, aggravating the punishment, and alters the legal rules of evidence and receives less or different testimony than the, what the law requires. Okay? To convict the defendant. Letter E, that which assumes to regulate civil rights and remedies, but only in effect imposes a penalty or deprivation of a right. Nung ginawa niya ay lawful pa. That which deprives a person accused of a crime some lawful protection. 
As we said, lahat ng ito ay protection ito for the accused. Eh. Now, the ex post facto law doctrine applies only to criminal cases. You cannot apply it on civil matters or proceedings generally or which regulate civil or private right. Hindi pwede daw ang ex post facto dyan kasi hindi yan criminal. It is settled that ex post facto is limited in its scope only to criminal matters or matters criminal in nature. Therefore, Proclamation 84, which merely restored the area excluded from the Biak-Nabato National Park by cancel, canceling respondent's license to, ano ba yung license na mag-timber uh, license yata yan, na mag-troso sila, ay hindi yan ex post facto. Okay? Now, puntahan natin yung Laws have no retroactive effect if the, except those favoring the accused. That's a general rule under Article 4 of the Civil Code. Eh? However, in criminal cases, well entrenched is the principle that favorabilia sunt ampliada adiosa restrehenda applies. Ano ibig sabihin yan? That penal, penal laws which are favorable to the accused are given retroactive effect. This principle is embodied in Article 22 of the Revised Penal Code. But can we apply this to extradition? The answer is no. Diba? Extradition is neither civil nor criminal. The ex post facto law cannot be applied in cases of extradition as the extradition treaty was concluded after the crime has been committed. So, hindi daw mag apply ang ex post facto law. Okay? What about the Bill of Attainder? It is also known as an Act of Attainder or Rate of Attainder or Bill of Pains and Penalties. An Act of the Legislature declaring a person or group of persons guilty of some crime and punishing them without a trial. Of course, violation of due process. In the case of People versus Makaraig, a Bill of Attainder is a legislative act which inflicts punishment without judicial trial. A bill of attainder is generally understood as a legislative act which inflicts. O, oh, pare-pareho lang naman ang definition, di ba? The earliest form of prohibition against bills, uh, enactment of bills of attainder, was introduced in the Malolos Constitution. A bill of attainder encroaches on the court's power to determine the guilt of the person. Most essential, uh, specification of certain individuals or group of individuals as the imposition of punishment, penal or otherwise, and the lack of judicial trial. So, yun lang palagi ang tatandaan nyo sa Bill of Attainder, may penalty pero without judicial trial. E bawal yun. Okay? So, and finally, we still have time. Huh? Citizenship. Pangako ko sa inyo yan. So, citizenship denotes membership of a permanent character in political community. A citizen of a state is one who owes allegiance to it. And therefore, you are entitled to protection by that state. Citizenship denotes membership in a political community. Okay? And Philippine citizenship must be stressed. It's not a commodity worth to be displayed when convenient, uh, uh, when required, and suppressed when convenient. Ah, hindi ito commodity na at your will lamang. At kanina, nabanggit na natin ito, yung distinction between citizen and subject. Okay? 
Now, maitanong ninyo, who are the citizens of the Philippines? Alam ko, memoriado ninyo ito, no? The answer could be found in Article 4, Section 1 of the Constitution. The following are citizens of the Philippines. Number one, those who are citizens of the Philippines at the time of the adoption of the Constitution. We already studied that the Constitution was adopted February 2, 1987. So, if you were a Filipino at the time of the adoption, ito yung mga buhay na noong 1987, katulad ko. Kung Pilipino ka noon, mananatili kang Pilipino. Unless nag-decide ka na maging Pilipina. <laughs> Joke lang. Okay? Be proud you are men. Why? The men of today will be the women of tomorrow. Joke lang yan. Number two, those whose fathers or mothers are citizens of the Philippines. Take note, or ito ha, hindi N. Okay? So kaya marami ang mga nanay or tatay Pilipino, pinanganak kung saan man. That goes to show Valles versus Comelec, ano? That the Philippines has adopted the principle of pius sanguinis in determining citizenship by birth. Kaya sa buwan ka pinanganak, pagka ang nanay or tatay mo or ang DN ay Pilipino, mananatili kang Pilipino. Those who were born before January 17, 1973 of Filipino mothers who elect Philippine citizenship upon reaching the age of majority. Bakit? Kasi dati, kapag ka under Commonwealth Act 63, ano, implementing that constitutional provision of 1935, as I told you earlier, yung January 17, 1973 was the start of the effectivity of the 1973 Constitution. That ended the enforcement of the 1935 Constitution. Sa 1935 Constitution and Commonwealth Act 63, kapag ka yung Pilipina nagpakasal sa foreigner at the time of the celebration of their marriage, nawawala ang kanyang Philippine citizenship. Therefore, yung anak niya, hindi Pilipino. Kung gusto maging Pilipino, mag-i-elect siya ng Philippine citizenship at that time of upon reaching the age of majority. Pag hindi siya nag-elect, hindi, hindi siya Pilipino. And then, those who are naturalized in accordance with law. And remember, for the longest time, ang Pilipinas ay walang konsepto ng citizenship. Di ba? Kasi ang konsepto natin noon, we were subjects of Spain. It was only at that time when the Americans arrived that they introduced the concept of citizenship. Okay? So ngayon, ang konsepto niyan, civil, at yan yung old concept, at yung bago, yung political citizenship. Now, what are the modes of acquiring citizenship? Of course, alam niya, by birth. So, either use sanguinis, that's what we follow, values versus comelec, or use soli or loxi, kung saan siya pinanganak. That's by birth. And by naturalization. Insofar as naturalization, you have judicial, legislative, administrative process. Now, in the case of values versus comelec, it was ruled by the court that we adapted and we adhered to the principle of use sanguinis. Blood relationship. You can show. You can see that in the Constitution, those whose fathers or mothers are citizens of the Philippines. So blood relationship. Okay. So the child follows the nationality or citizenship of the parent, at least one of them, regardless. Kung saan siya ipinanganak na lugar. Now the question is, who are natural-born citizens of the Philippines? Yung bang nasisaryan yung nanay nung pinanganak, hindi na siya natural born. <laughs> natural born citizens are those citizens of the Philippines from birth who do not have to perform 
any act to acquire or perfect their Philippine citizenship. So, natural born. Pinanganak ka ba? Kailangan mo pang gumawa ng bagay para maging Pilipino? Ay, hindi, natural born ka. So, yung mga nag-elect ng Philippine citizenship eh, under uh, those who were born before January 17, nag-elect ng Philippine citizenship, they are also considered natural born citizens. That's section 2 of Article 4. Now, in the 2004 elections, the citizenship of Fernando Po Jr. was questioned. Kasi ganito ang storya niyan, ano? Nagkaroon ng misconception kasi Fernando Po Jr. was born illegitimately. Yung nanay niya ay Amerikana. Yung tatay niya, natural, Pilipino. Under Commonwealth Act 63, yung mga illegitimate children will follow the citizenship of their mothers. And they forgot the fact that it applied to Filipino mothers. Kasi kawawa yung bata, kung hindi niya susundin yung citizenship ng nanay niya, eh, ano yung tatay? Hindi nga siya in-acknowledge eh. O, ba? Now, nagkamali ng application. Eh, paano ba naging Filipino yung tatay ni Fernando po Jr.? Kasi ganito, no? Pag binasa niyo ang Texan versus Comelec, may kita niyo yung storya at diniscuss yan. Ha? Na itong si Lorenzo Po, yun yung lolo ni Fernando po Jr., half Spanish, half Chinese. Dumating yung mga Amerikano, nag-introduce, uh, nag, nagpasa, nagpalabas uh, ng isang ordinansa, uh, executive order, na lahat ng Spanish subjects must register as Spanish subjects. Otherwise, they will be treated as citizens of the Philippine Islands. So itong si Lorenzo po ay hindi nakapag-rehistro. Siguro walang nag-tweet sa kanya o walang nag-tag sa kanya, no? Na wala nag-PM sa kanya. Na kailangan niya mag-rehistro as Spanish subject. So hindi siya nag-rehistro, therefore he was treated as a citizen of the Philippine Island. And that was the first time that the citizenship was applied to inhabitants of the Philippine Islands. Because for the longest time, 333 years or even longer, we were subjects of Spain. Kolonya tayo ng Espanya. Diba? Na parang pag-aari ang Pilipinas kaya binenta tayo sa mga Amerikano via the Treaty of Paris of December 10, 1898. Okay? So, hindi siya nakapag-rehistro, naging Pilipino siya by operation of law. Therefore, yung anak niya na tatay ni Fernando po Jr., aba, hindi Pilipino na by operation of law. Dahil yung tatay niya Pilipino, blood relationship eh. Okay? Si Fernando po Jr., Pilipino. That settles it. Kaya, ang nangyari nung 20... 2004 election daw sa pagka-presidente, ang labanan, ang panday at ang pandak. Yan ang narinig ko. Naulit na naman yan kay Grace po. <laughs> Maya, pag-usapan natin yan. Kunestyon na naman ang citizenship ni Grace po na ampon naman nitong si Fernando po Jr. Di ba? Like father, like daughter. Mm. Eh, pero na the Supreme Court said, eh, natural born yan. Resolve in favor of the foundling. Kaya noong 2016 naman, ang labanan daw sa pagkapangulo, ang ampon at ang kampon. I do not know kung sino yung kampon. Okay? <laughs> Ayan. So, ito namang issue na ito kay Vicente Ching, ang tatay niya ay Chinese. Nagpakasal dun sa nanay niya na Pilipina. It happened in 1950s, uh, 1960s, no? Tapos pinanganak si Vicente Ching 1964. O bago pa, mag-1973. Ang problema, nag-elect lang siya ng Philippine citizenship 
Fifteen, uh, fifteen years or fourteen years up, uh, after na siya ay makareach ng age of majority. Kailan ba siya nag uh, age of majority? Noong 1985. At that time, the age of majority was 21. So, bakit siya nag-elect ng Philippine citizenship? Because he passed the bar, ay eh, kailangan Filipino citizen siya. Ay eh, walang prueba na nag-elect siya ng Philippine citizenship. So, he elected Philippine citizenship in 1999. And according to the court, that is not reasonable time. The reasonable time to elect Philippine citizenship is 3 years. Not 14 years. Okay. Kasi 85, 21 na siya. So, 1999, 14. That's not reasonable time. So, hindi siya naging abogado. Ito yung uh, sitwasyon na sinasabi lang pinagtagpo pero di tinadhana. <laughs> diba? Kaya kung para sa inyo talaga ang pagiging lawyer, ay pagtatagpuin kayo at itatadhana yan. You can be naturalized by uh, Commonwealth Act number 473. Ito ay tinatawag na judicial process. You have to go to court. There are certain requirements. Isa tayo sa mga bansa na mahigpit ang requirements sa citizenship. Ha? Ten years ang requirement natin na residency. Of course, may iba. Mga 30 years pa. No? Daming bansang ganyan. And then, kung ikaw naman ay foreigner na nanirahan sa Pilipinas at nananatili ka dito, dito ka pinanganak, ha? eh pwedeng administrative process na lamang. And then, the legislative process, kailangan gumawa ng batas ang Kongreso an example natin dyan, itong si Marcus Dotit at saka si Andre Blatch, no? na binigyan ng automatic citizenship in order to play for our team in FIBA Asia. Pero mas magaling pa yata si Jordan Clarkson <laughs> na Pilipino. Okay? So, in administrative process, you do not go to the court. You just file an application to the Special Committee on Naturalization. Eh? Ayan ang mga miyembro niyan. Kaya lang ang requirement dito... That alien must have been born in the Philippines and continue to reside in the Philippines. So if you are not born in the Philippines, you're an alien, you cannot apply for naturalization administratively. You have to go to court if you want to be naturalized. Now, by marrying a Filipino citizen, it will not ipso facto grant a foreigner Philippine citizenship. As in the case of Jumantan versus Domingo, Indonesian na pangasawa niya Pilipino, dinala siya rito, eh after 6 months, eh mga turista, di ba, hanggang 6 months lang, walang visa yan dahil uh, ASEAN, hindi eh, pinapadeport siya. Eh, kasali siya sa Pilipino. Eh, sabi ng Korte Suprema, even if you have a Pilipino husband, it does not ipso facto make you a Filipino citizen. You have to apply for citizenship. Okay? Now, citizenship may be acquired, it may be lost. Ayan. So, under Commonwealth Act 63, the following are reasons why a Filipino citizen may lose his Philippine citizenship by naturalization in a foreign country, by express renunciation, and so on. Diba? Rendering service to the military, deserting the military in times of war, and so on. These are provided for under Commonwealth Act 63. Number seven, take a look. In the case of a woman, by marrying a foreigner. Diba? Dati-rati, you lose your Philippine citizenship. But it ceased when the new constitution was implemented. In fact, 1973 pa, hindi na ganyan ang rule natin. Okay? So, they can be repatriated naman under Commonwealth Act 63 by merely taking an oath of allegiance to the Republic of 
the Philippines, they will regain their Philippine citizenship. Now, repatriation is only available to natural-born Filipinos who lost their citizenship. Hindi ito applicable doon sa mga naturalized. And the repatriation will restore you in your former uh, status as natural-born citizen. Kaya lang you have to renounce your foreign citizenship. Okay? Now, under Republic Act 9225, walang kinalaman yung picture, ha? Natural-born Filipino citizens who acquired foreign citizenship, they, they have lost their Philippine citizenship, ano? They may reacquire Philippine citizenship without renouncing their foreign citizenship. So, dual citizen sila. Kaya nga, ang tawag ay Citizenship Retention and Reacquisition Act of 2003. And we also have the concept of derivative citizenship that will apply to the unmarried child, whether legitimate or illegitimate or adopted, below 18 years old. So, automatic na magiging Filipino citizen din. Now, may mga nagtatanong, ito bang Republic Act 9225 ay nag-recognize ng dual allegiance? Remember, under Article 4, Section 6, dual allegiance is inimical to the national interest and shall be dealt with by law. Ang sabi ng Korte Suprema, Republic Act 9225 does not allow dual citizenship to natural-born Filipino citizens who thus is allowed, no? at hindi ito dual allegiance. Why? Ano, dual citizenship lang ang pinapayagan ng 9225. Why? Anong kaibahan? In the case of Mercado versus Manzano, eh, dual citizenship arises when as a result of concurrent application of different laws on citizenship, eh, a person is simultaneously considered a citizen of said states. It is an involuntary act. Eh, si Edu Manzano, di ba, pinanganak sa California, pero at that time, ang mga parents niya ay Pilipino. So, in the eyes of American law, Amerikano siya. May American passport. In the eyes of the Philippine law, Pilipino siya. Yung sanguinis. So, tumakbong vice mayor ng Makati, that was the issue. Eh, sabi ng Korte Suprema, by filing a certificate of candidacy, he ran for... When he ran for the present post, Vice Mayor na Makati, private respondent Edu Masano elected Philippine citizenship. In effect, he renounced his American citizenship. The filing of such certificate of candidacy is sufficient to renounce his American citizenship. Okay? Nawala yung citizenship. Sorry. However, under a new ruling, when A dual citizen under Republic Act 9225 files a certificate of candidacy for any elected position. He has to renounce in a separate document his foreign citizenship. Otherwise, he will be ineligible to run for public office. Separate document renouncing his acquired foreign citizenship. 
Eh, kung di siya tatakbo sa politika, walang problema. Hindi na kailangan mag-renounce. But if he wants to run for a public office, elective position, he has to renounce in a separate document. Yan ang kaso ng Condon versus Comelec. Okay? Now, what about the doctrine of effective nationality? This is based on Article 5 of the Hague Convention on the Conflicts of Law. That as far as a third state is concerned, a person having more than one nationality shall be treated as a national of only one state. Alin yun? Either the state where he habitually and principally reside or the nationality of the state where based on circumstances he is closely connected. So, a Philippine, natural born Filipino citizen acquiring American citizenship nagpar-dual citizen under 9225 nagtravel sa ibang bansa like for example Australia pagdating sa Australian immigration how should he be treated American or Filipino ano sa tingin niyo edi eh, siyempre treat siya based on the passport na dala-dala niya di ba ang ating Philippine passport ay eh, medyo malapit ang mararating ng walang visa eh Pero pag American passport ang dala niya, abay, marami ang mararating niya kahit walang visa. Basta may MasterCard. Okay? So, if you want to read more, you have this constitutional law 2. You want constitutional law 1? Pagod na yung aking laptop. Ano? <laughs> Hindi na nakikita. Ayan. Oh, constitutional law 1. Meron tayo public international law. And, of course, yung ating pinakaunang law book, labor law. There are other uh, laws, uh, uh, laws, other books and other topics you might want to uh, look at sa Rex Bookstore at sa National, kung meron pang National. Eh? And take note of this. No? If you want to be a lawyer or a teacher, you should mouth to earn a living. But more important than talking is listening. Take a look at the word heart. Puso, kasing-kasing ba? You remove letter T, you have the word here. You remove letter H, you have the word here. And if you try to cut both your ears, but please do not do this at home, that's dangerous to your health, you put them together, you'll form a heart-shaped object. So what does it imply? Our ears are the gateways to our heart. You'll never know how to love unless you know how to listen. Listening is the starting point of loving. Diba? That's the reason why God gave me you. God gave us two ears and only one tongue so that we may listen twice and speak only once. Sino sa inyo ang nabang doang dila? Wala, di ba? So, dalawa lang ang tenga. That means, we must listen more than we talk. So, thank you for listening and you may want to subscribe to that channel and good luck to your bar examination. Anyway, I'll see you again in some other subjects in Jurist Bar Review Center. The best review center in the land. So, good day to all of you and good luck in your bar exam.